My name is James Rowlands, and I am a lifelong wrestling fan. In 2015, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White, reviewing the WWE Network and seeing if it's worth the $9.99 a month. It was. And since then, every month, we watch the latest WWE pay-per-views, NXT, and now 205 Live. Still continuing our journey through the network, watching ECW, WCW, and all its classic content. Until we've watched it all, we are with you, and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Damn right. And it is the WNR 132 Part 1. It's our live show and it's NXT TakeOver War Games. Now, Dan, are you excited for tonight? I am very excited, yes. There's a few good matches lined up and I'm looking forward to a majority of them. Yeah, I mean, NXT very rarely, you know, always delivers and special events. So hopefully tonight will be no different. But what have we got in store for today, Dan? Uh, we have news, games, the latest episode of NXT, and a look at the card. But first... Oh, the alternate intro. So we do this in every episode, and here's today's one. It started as a whisper, until you screamed it at the top of your lungs. We gained momentum, you made us unstoppable. We had a vision for change, you made it a revolution. We told you we are the future, until you told us the future is now we are nxt and that is triple h from nxt brooklyn so a great way to start us off right let's get up to date with nxt and when do we start watching nxt dan now Okay, so episode 420, the 15th of November. Mauro Ronaldo, Nigel McGuinness and Percy Watson welcome us to the go-home show for TakeOver War Games and run down the already announced matches slash segments. Well, the first match we're going to watch is the Street Profits versus Tino Sabat and Riddick Moss. And of course, we saw these two, two teams getting each other's face last week in the car park. We yeah. see them fighting off. What team do you think has got more potential? Do you think it is... Riddick Moss and Sabatelli would think it's Street Profits at the moment in time. I actually quite like Moss and Sabatelli, personally. But the Street Profits, I think they're a bit too much of a... Uh, oh, what, what's their names? Millions of dollars. Millions oh, of dollars. Primetime players. Primetime players. Or Crime Time. Crime Time. Or any what? black tech team that we've actually <laughs> well, had no, that not, they have the street gimmick with. I'm not doing with, this like. on, a, on a racist level. No, no, I completely level. agree with you. But, you know, I think they're just another one of them, really. Yeah, no, it, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, Angelo Dawkins has been around for ages on the NXT scene, so it's good to see him getting a chance. Well, I don't know about the Street Profits. I mean, NXT do need new tag teams coming up, didn't they? They need new good teams. And uh, Sabatelli and Moss, even though they are really good look, got the potential that we like in, in certain wrestlers. So <laughs> it'd be interesting to see what they can do. Well, well again, I was just going to say that the season of wrestlers going up to the 
big times, like, you know, joining the Raw or SmackDown. It's, it's coming round again soon. So, yeah. you know, of course, we're going to see, obviously, a superstar shake-up or something of that sort, I'm expecting, after yes. WrestleMania, probably. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, but then again, even with, like, Royal Rumble coming up, a couple of guys maybe through. But like you said, they're going to take a few uh, people from the NXT roster. So it's vital these guys actually step up a little bit. Montel's Ford and Eve played the face in peril while Tino and Riddick cut the ring in half and employed quick tags. He eventually gets away and Angelo Dawkins cleans house. Sabatelli fights back, but after he clears Ford off of the apron, he turns into a punch. Now and he... That's it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, Montel holds Moss while the referee counts three. Bit of a bit weird thing there. Street Profits get the victory in a, in a very... Quick match. I think that did nothing for either team, really, did it? No. Again, you know, I'm not quite sold on street profits. I don't want them to be another street team, really. But, you know, we'll see how these two guys shape up. You know, instead of millions of dollars, it's stirring the pot. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, with the new day as well, at least the, the fans seem to be happy with it at the moment. Will it be a successful gimmick? I don't know. And uh, Riddick and Moss, after destroying, we saw Lorkin and... Um, Lorcan and Birch on the NXT update. It's a bit disappointing that they actually go on to lose this one now, you know. But... kind of job to them, really, I'd have thought. But we move on anyway. <clears throat> Up next, the video package for the Velveteen Dream versus my man, Alistair Black. And it's the program that's as good as a feud it hypes. Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black feud has been one of the kind of bright lights of NXT. Very surprising. I wasn't expecting much of it. And uh, we're reminded of the last match booked for Saturday as we're leading for our next match. And that is Lars Sullivan versus Raul Mendoza. Well, Sullivan now, I don't think even hurt in that exchange by Mendoza, <laughs> but is he going to bulldoze Mendoza now in the corner? Oh, running slam. Wipes out the much smaller competitor. Yeah, I think even the referee's bigger than Mendoza. And Sullivan again. Oh. And he's just holding Mendoza's limp body up and... I think he's going to last much longer. No, I think this is def- the definition of a squash match. He's got him up. Fall away slam there by Sullivan. The power from Mendoza. Now he's picking him up. Oh, my God. <laughs> just clubbing him upside the head. It's upside the head. I think you could just put a foot on him and pin him now, but I think this man's out for destruction. Well, uh, if Cassius Ode's backstage watching, he's going to be worried about this. Freak accident there. Well, not only the man, but his move are both that as he pins Mendoza. And my God, like I said, Ono backstage got to be worried. I mean, what do you think of Lars Sullivan? Are you impressed? Yeah, you know, he's he's certainly getting hyped up to be a monster. But, you know, when you see monster, you look at the likes of Braun Strowman. And would he even last five minutes against Strowman? It's the thing you know, the monsters is a difficult way to tread, isn't it? Because most, half the monsters, three quarters of the monsters now, are either comedy characters don't really last long. And like in NXT, we haven't really seen, I mean, you could argue Authors of Pain maybe monsters, but they've kind of been different for everything else because they actually had great matches. You know? Yeah. <laughs> With monsters, usually, it's not great. With Strowman's the exception because of how like dominating he's been. But with Sullivan, I don't know, for me, the the... the I still undecided on him. It will be an interesting matchup, I think, against Ono at Takeover to see if it, when he does face stiffer competition, can he actually step up? But it looks like he's not finished on Mendoza at the moment. The man's pretty much <laughs> lifeless. I don't think there's any more punishment he can give him. But that's not going to stop Sullivan. Oh, uh, oh, out comes Cassius Ono. 
Well, here comes the man he faces tonight. Cassius Ono saying pick on someone your own size. And to be fair, Cassius is the size of Lars Sullivan. I mean, he is uh, definitely put on a couple of pounds. Maybe for this matchup, that's what bulked up a little bit to fight. He's been bulking up the past couple of years for this specific match. <laughs> he knew this match was going to take place. Ono doesn't look intimidated, but Sullivan himself. He's just laughing in his face. It doesn't look like he's intimidated at all by Cassius. Well, Sullivan walks away, still smirking. He's not smirking. He hasn't got a fag in his mouth. He's just happy about what he'd done to Raul Mendoza and what he thinks he's going to do to Cassius Ono at NXT TakeOver. For, but this is a match with the least amount of uh, build-up to it. Does it get you excited for NXT TakeOver? It does a bit, yeah. You know, we got a heavy, well, a super heavyweight matchup, I suppose it could be said. Um, yeah, you know, there's a there's a few interesting matches that I'm looking forward to on this card. Of course, we're going to run down the card in a little bit, but now we're backstage. And we see General Manager William Regal, and he welcomes Johnny Gagano into his office. Johnny apologises for his performance of late, but Regal tells him not to worry. He has no doubts in Gagano turning it around and finding his groove as a singles competitor. Well, UK champ Pete Dunne called and issued an open challenge, and the GM thinks Johnny rests for the job. Gagano accepts and Regal tell us Saturday's dark match will air next week. So we're getting a Johnny Gagano versus Pete Dunne match, which is going to be at TakeOver, and then we're going to have it on our NXT episode next week, which will be after our TakeOver event. I mean... It's a lot to take in, but we're going to try and get into the discussion about the UK division if we have time in a little bit. But Gagano's not even British, so why the hell is he even... But then, it, what, what, why is it an open challenge? Well, is it, is that, I don't know. We're, we're, hopefully we can find out more as we move on. War Games type, recapping Undisputed Era, Sanity, and the Authors of Strong Pain. And the stories leading up to the match with clips of the promos NXT release from each group right after TakeOver's main event was booked. I mean, those three teams, I mean, Santa Undisputed Era and Authors of Strong Pain. At this moment in time, if you could be a member of one team, who would it be? <laughs> it definitely wouldn't be Undisputed Era, because I think they're a bunch of dicks. I, I think they are dicks. Um, Sanity or Authors of Pain, probably Authors of Pain. Yeah, I, I think Sanity would be more fun, but I think if you wanted to get things done, it would be Authors of Pain, so I've got to agree yeah. with you. But we move on to our next match, and this is a doozy, because it's Mercedes Martinez versus Ember Moon. Of course, Mercedes Martinez went through all the way to the semi-final of the May Young Classic before getting knocked out by Shania Basler. Of course, she had a bit of problem with Ember Moon last week backstage and during the, uh, well, Marseille Martinez was in the Battle Royal last week. Thought she had ch- This is quite interesting, Ember Moon. Obviously got the women's title match at TakeOver in her head, but this is quite a good matchup to see on NXT, you know? Yeah, you know, uh, an up-and-comer in Martinez. I know she's been around a bit, but she's not had too much to do in... NXT as of yeah you know she's quite fresh off the uh, May Young classic and Ember Moon well there's a couple of things we like about Ember Moon and yeah. one of them's the eclipse. In the eclipse that she does here hopefully we might we never know we might see an eclipse here tonight it's one of our well I, we have to argue if it is our favourite wrestling move or not but it is a thing to behold but we shouldn't discredit Martinez and the toughness that she has and it's great to see these May Young classic competitors going across to NXT and actually getting a chance nearly getting mooned down but Ember kicks out uh-huh. but it adds depth because like you said earlier when women actually go up Ember Moon will go up soon won't she you know Nikki Cross and people out eventually and these may young classic guys yeah. can come in 
and kind of take that spot, you know? With you saying these go- women going up, it's going to be, I don't know, there's not going to be anyone that's going to be at the top of it. Well, unless whoever wins the NXT Women's Championship is probably going to stay there. And yeah. I suppose Nikki Cross is going to stay with Sanity until they go up. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but I think someone like Ember Moon, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, if she doesn't win. The iconic duo, the iconic Ruby duo, Riot. They could go up, she could go up as well. So I think, you know, I mean, we could see maybe Ember Moon making a debut at Survivor Series in the SmackDown women's team because there's a place open up, isn't there, you know? She could make a debut if she's unsuccessful tonight at TakeOver. I mean, for Ember Moon, this match is vital. Oscar has finally gone the person that's always stopped her from winning the title. The only person who was better than the division has now gone. And it's her opportunity to show that she is the best. And will it come to pass? And that's the interesting question we're going to ask. You know? But then again, who put up a better fight against Oscar? Would you say Nikki Cross in that last woman standing, or would you say Ember Moon in her greatest match against Oscar? I, I would probably say Nikki Cross with the, oh, the yeah the, the last woman the last man standing last woman standing match. Both of them women are like fight like men. Though. Oh, honestly, it was. It was I still see that ladder. That's all. Oh my god, the suplex off the top of the ladder. But this is the thing, Ember's got something to prove, Nikki Cross has something to prove, Kari Sane coming off the momentum of the May Young Classic going into this match. Uh, I mean, Martinez at the moment has been dominating, we're going back here, on Ember Moon, but Moon now trying to make a comeback, a beautiful step up in Seguri to Martinez, trying to get back, bit of separation in this one. But could you argue that if, you know, Ember Moon dominate Martinez in this match, that she's not going to stand a chance against probably the three other strongest competitors in NXT Women's Division. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Emily's put a strong show, and at the moment it's not been great, but she's dumped Martinez to the outside. <laughs> Comes flying through with a suicide dive, takes out Martinez, uh, but she's got to get her back in the ring. And we've got to say, like, Martinez is a tough competitor. It's really difficult going up, especially Ember Moon got a ride, you know, on this Saturday, on tonight. And uh, Martinez, we saw how tough she is. She, she does put up a hell of a fight. She might be a contender in the upcoming months, but at the moment, Ember Moon throws Martinez back in. Climbs up to the top rope. Oh, but Martinez cuts <laughs> off any chance we was going to see of an eclipse, unfortunately. Uh, and now Martinez got it. And it oh! oh! What's that, like an RKO? Yeah, well, Nigel McGuinness. Nigel McGuinness used to hit that move. And he for London. Can Martinez get it down? Oh! Kick out. Ah. Martinez can't believe it. Screens it. Going for the cover again. Again, shoulder up. Two. Uh-oh. Oh, she's Uh-oh. done a Chris Benoit. <laughs> yeah, Martinez signaling for the end. She's got Ember, maybe Fisher, woman suplex. Oh, but Moon rolls her up. One, two. Oh. Managing to kick out. Oh. Up, going to run towards Ember. Oh, traps her on the second rope. But it was a thunderous kick to the back and then stomps on her. Is she going to stay down long enough for Ember Moon to climb to the top rope? Go on, Ember. Well, Martinez definitely hurt at the moment, and Ember on the way to the top. Ooh, boom! Oh. Good night, Mercedes. Well, there we go. Eclipse, and Martinez is done. And what a great sell that was of the Eclipse as well. A fair play, yeah. Hard hit match. What do you think of it? Yeah, you know, it was a good match. Uh, I think Ember Moon looked in a bit too much. Trouble as I'd like to have seen her in. But again, you know, not every woman can be dominating in every match. And as long as they put up a good fight and pull out the Ws in the end, it's all good for Ember. Yeah, I completely agree. And it'll be uh, interesting to see if she can get, finally, the job done at TakeOver and win the title. But Martinez, very, very impressive. But 
once the you get hit with the eclipse, that's that is it. Wait a minute. Oh. And as Sanity's music's playing. Yeah, as Ember was celebrating. And here comes Nikki Cross. And she's got a smile on her face staring at Ember Moon. Oh, but they're not, she's not the only one. Because now here comes one half of the iconic duos, Paint and Royce. And she's not very happy. She comes out here. It is wrong. We're only missing one of these. Oh, wait a minute. And the Princess Pirate makes her entrance as well. And Kari Sane has got a point to prove and showing... The point of her elbow. Exactly. In, in the insane elbow of Kari that we might see at TakeOver. But all these four women... I mean... Anything could happen tonight, and I think this is one of the matches that could potentially steal the show. Well, I think out of this whole match, there's three women there that deserve it, so it's probably going to go to Peyton Royce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but even if the iconic Jerry do win, I wouldn't be that disappointed, to be fair. Next week, in addition to Dunn Gagano, we'll also see Ruby Riot versus Sonya Deville from the Toyota Centre. Okay, so we see NXT champion... Scotland's own Drew McIntyre. Well, Drew McIntyre's out first for our face-to-face. He congratulates CN on his plan, or should he say Zelina's plan, finally working. Now that they got what they wanted, they're in trouble. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another to get in the ring and prove what kind of man you are. Drew says it's clear what kind of man he is, holding up a title. He says Zelina's been doing a lot of talking about success and mountains, but she's about to find out he is the mountain. He taunts Almas, mocking CN for not being allowed off Vega's leash. Well, Zelina hits the stage and Drew offers a princess wave and rolls his eyes. Almas marches out next, looks at his advocate and marches towards the ring while removing his suit coat. Yeah, McIntyre's taken off his t-shirt and he's ripped. And look at these two men going at it. Yes, he's only ripped, but he's not tight and ripped oh, like Randy Orton. But look at the size of this man, an easily beaten CN. Magda not even breaking a sweat. Oh, well, Zelina jumped off the top rope trying to attack Drew. He's not going to hurt a woman. It was a good enough distraction for CN to come jumping off and hitting McIntyre with a chop block oh. and then boots him in the face. Well, if Drew's a perfect gentleman, he won't lay a hand on a woman. He touched her inappropriately. No, he didn't. Now, CN. Good night, McIntyre. You son of a bitch, CN. He would have lost two last man standing well, matches. Uh, CN had the NXT title, but wasn't it? I mean, this is obviously all Vegas doing. Uh, I, I mean, what do you think of this disgusting scene here in NXT, Dan? Well, McIntyre's been down for the count of 30 now, which is three last man standing matches, James. What do you think of your NXT champion now? Well, I think my NXT champion... Got attacked from behind by Cien. And like I said, Dan, Cien is going to pay at NXT TakeOver War Games. The end is nigh. Make my dreams come blue. So that was NXT update for the week. We watched it. Those despicable scenes that we'll talk about later. Uh, But we move on to shout-outs because people have got a hold of us. Because we are, of course, doing a live show. And I'll start us off. I'll start us off with uh, Lucille Goodwin, who asked, who would win between Drew McIntyre and Alistair Black? Now, Dan, do you want to fill that one first? Um, well, first and foremost, the fans would win because it would be an awesome match-up between the two. But 
I don't. I think personally, Black would come out on top between the two of them. Um, you know, I just think he's he's. I don't know. He doesn't get drawn into the mind games. So you think? Well, it's obvious who would win. It, Drew McIntyre would beat Alistair Black. Alistair Black's had no really big challenges. And if he goes against someone of Drew McIntyre, who in his first match at NXT, first match ever NXT TakeOver events, won the NXT title. And McIntyre, I mean, the, the kind of moveset he would bring to the match, the kind of aggressive nature. Alistair Black's not had someone bringing it as much as um, uh, Drew McIntyre would. Well, how many times has Alistair Black gone for the title yet? Well, he hasn't gone for the title. Exactly. Well, <laughs> exactly. He, he's been made... Well, he's been Cien's bitch recently. Oh, you take that Cien's back. taken him out <laughs> twice. Yeah, I know. And Alistair but... Black is twice the man Cien is. Oh, well, Cien... And that's, and that's going against my 311 boy. Cien has been very lucky to uh, actually find himself in a position that he's in. And Alistair Black, if he dares challenge Drew McIntyre, we'll find out what's, uh, what's going on. But anyway... Move on to the next person uh, voting. Uh, well, David Greer says NXT is always the better show, and I think I can speak on behalf of both of them. Agree with that. Yes. NXT always delivers. I don't know whether the fact that it's shorter or they spend better time building up for each pay per view, but you know, there's always a personal feel about it going into pretty much every single match, and yeah, you know, all the matches are delivered. I think they get a bit more time, and yeah, you know, they're always. I, th- I think they try a bit harder because it is NXT. They're yeah. trying to prove their way onto the main roster. But, you know, I think a combination of all of them and it just builds up for a, a definitely a better show. Yeah, well, this is the thing, isn't it? NXT, my favourite time of the month, every every month, is the NXT update that we do. And because there's only five takeover events every year, it feels more special. And like I said, on them shows, they push it out. And even if you think to yourself, oh, the car's not that great, they always do deliver in-ring as well. And, and this is why I've got that kind of excitement here tonight is that kind of NXT feel of I know we're going to have a good show and I know I can't literally wait until we get started. Uh, Alan Ember Moon wins the big one tonight. Now of course we're going to run down the cards and on our main show we have the predictions for anybody that's never listened to us before we'll get into the prediction leagues and explain them on uh, part two of this which of course will be the NXT War Games actual show will be coming out in a week so but Ember Moon tonight, Dan. I mean, don't give away your predictions, but do you think she can win the big one? That's um, the question. Well, without giving away my predictions, I hope we see an eclipse tonight. Yeah, I, I do hope we see a couple of eclipses, maybe. I think she can win the big one. Yeah, she definitely has the potential, yes. the way she's gone against Oscar. But the way Nikki Cross has gone against Oscar, she certainly deserves it. The way Kari Sane has, well, she completely dominated the May Young Classic. She had four of the best matches we've seen from the whole card. Yes, yes. Um, and there's only one that I don't think has performed as much, as well as I think she could have done, and that's Peyton Royce. Yeah, but the thing is, she's got Billy Kay. If Billy Kay's allowed to go out there with her, then she's got her numbers on her side, hasn't she? So, like, it, it's so interesting. We'll go and have an in-depth look at it in a little bit. Uh, James Clawson says, Tyler Bay and Pete Dunne deserve to be on the card. I can't argue with that. You no, know? no, I can't either. Uh, it w- it would make a great addition to the main event. I think you know they'll probably be able to fit it in somewhere, and hopefully we get to see a bit more of the United Kingdom Championships, or at least you know some more of their competitors 
fighting either on the main show or in NXT. Yeah, I mean, if we have enough time on this show here today, we will start talking about the UK division and if it's involved. But to not have a rematch of the Tyler Bate Pete Dunn match that we did have at NXT TakeOver a couple of events ago is a travesty of justice because for me it is one of the best shows, uh, best matches, sorry, of the, the entire year. Yeah, uh, Mike Phillips says the Undisputed Era rocks. Um, I'm not too sure about that. You know, I'm I'm not a fan of the Undisputed Era. I don't think they've proven themselves to me. I mean, both O'Reilly and Bobby Fish have fallen to Alistair Black quite easily yes. when they first came into it. Um, you know, again, have we seen too many sneaky stables that cheat their way to victory? I, I think we have. I think this is a problem. I think with Adam Cole, first off, it doesn't help that he arrives in NXT by attacking my champion, Drew McIntyre, at the last TakeOver event. That's my problem. But to be in a situations situation where people come in and help out, like Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish have, we haven't seen him in a one-on-one match. We, we don't know if he can bring it. What the Undisputed Era need to do tonight, if they really do rock, is bring it in the main event and put on a show so we say maybe the Undisputed Era is the future of NXT as opposed to saying, you know, you still need to uh, to do something like that, you know? Um, well, yeah, again on that, <clears throat> I think Sanity are a definitely better stable than them. You know, just the way they go about their business and, you know, just the quality in Sanity as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. We we know how fun Alexander Wolfe has been. We, Eric Young's been bringing it recent times. And, of course, with Killian Dane there. For me, Sanity, I would watch one of their matches over the Undisputed Era. But it's all about tonight. It's all about proving it. In the main event of NXT TakeOver, their first official TakeOver match, they've got to bring it here tonight. Uh, we'd like to just say hello to at Mark Tardis and at Jimmy Evans, who probably two of our longest listeners, aren't they, really? Uh, yeah, they're definitely, you know, probably our most loyal fans as well. And, yeah, you know, we just like to give a big shout-out to them too, always listening, always commenting, and, yeah, just keep your input coming, guys. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what we want. Of course, if you drop us a tweet here tonight as well, we'll read it out. And the last one of the shout-outs for... Uh, is Marita Gurumendi. Sorry if I get that <laughs> name wrong. You know what I'm like with names if you're listening to me trying to pronounce the Asian yes, it, well, yeah. wrestlers. Uh, and she says, or he says... Uh, it, is a, it is a woman, yeah. Uh, it is, sorry, again. Uh, she says, War Games is back. Yes. And, you know, again, I wasn't I wasn't that impressed with the War Games we've seen from WCW. Hopefully, they've improved it and they can, you know, pull it out and actually deliver us a great match that get me back into War Games yes. again. Well, we've got the history of War Games in a bit, uh, but we do move on. I should say, shout-outs... We will have shout-outs tomorrow on the show as well. So anybody wants to contact us before Survivor Series, because we start at 11 tomorrow, let us know. But let's move on to games, because I do love a few games here on the WNR podcast. And like I say, maybe tomorrow we might dust off Elephant or F1. But today, you, Dan. And first off, it's Dead or Alive. Now, anybody that's never heard Dead or Alive before, it's quite simple. I give you two wrestlers. You have to tell me if they're dead or alive. If you get three out of three, or even two out of three, I'll be quite nice to you. Uh, you will get the point. So, Dan, first up, Kerry Von Erich or Kevin Von Erich? Um, I'm going to go with Kerry Von Erich. You, you think is alive? Is dead. 
He's oh, unfortunately, Dan, that is wrong. Kerry Von Erich is the sole surviving Von Erich brother, so that is the first one wrong. Okay, second one: Smith Hart or Teddy Hart? Um, I'm gonna go with Smith Hart. Is dead. Yes. Oh, sorry, I'm not cheering Smith Hart's death here. I'm just saying, Dan, that is correct. One one point all. Next one, Brian Adams, Brian Clark. Um, I'm going to go with Brian Clark is dead. <sighs> Dan, I hate to do this, but that is wrong. It is Brian Adams who is dead. Brian Clark is still alive. Both former members of Chronic. That was a hint because we watched them a couple of weeks ago. We talked about Crush. But unfortunately, no, 2-1 then to me. You do lose, sir, dead or alive. But let's see if you do any better, Dan, because we've got another game. We've got a new game here. And it is, let's not forget about this. It is Guess the NXT Tune. So right now, we're going to play a game, and it's called Guess the NXT Intro. So, of course, NXT, we've had some fantastic stars and some great entrance themes. I'm going to play you five Entrance themes, you've got to tell me who, but I'm only going to give you five to ten seconds on each. Are you ready, Dan? Yes. Let's go. First one. Finn Balor. <laughs> you say what? Finn Balor. Okay, well, let's see if you're right or not. Yeah, of course, it was Finn Balor. You got that right, so one right, Dan. Here's the next one. Badam! Badam! It's, it's, of course, Samoa Joe. Okay, well, let's see if you're right or not. Okay, so there we go. You got Samoa Joe, but this one I think is going to be a difficult one. Dan, are you ready? I said, are you ready? Let's go. Any idea? Well, it's a long shot, but seeing as I've got it as my phone ringtone, also as my morning alarm call, I'm going to go... With Shinsuke fucking Nakamura. Let's have a check. Okay, Dan. So that's three out of three. You're doing fantastic on this game here on the live show. Can you get the next one? It's some fucker oh, was in NXT. You take that back. <laughs> um, the amazing one? No. no. The awesome one? No. The glorious one, Bobby fucking Roode. Let's have a check. Glorious. No, I won't give in. I won't give in till I'm victorious. And I will defend. I will defend. Right. You are four out of four. Can you get the perfect score, Dan? Last one. Let's see if you can get it. 
Well, I've never ever heard this one in NXT. It's not in NXT, but it is an NXT superstar. Do you want to give you a clue beforehand, just in case it was too easy? <laughs> well, I, I, I see your theme here. You're going with past NXT heavyweight champions. Yep. And, of course, it is the current, maybe not so much longer, but it is Drew McIntyre. Let's have a check. Out of time, so say goodbye. Make them come to do. Yes, it was Drew McIntyre. That's an excellent game. Should we play Guess That Tune tomorrow night on the Survivor Series Live Kickoff, Dan? As long as you give me a fucking challenge. <laughs> well, challenge accepted. Tomorrow we'll have a more difficult Guess That Tune. But right, but for now, let's move on. And Dan, let's talk war games. Well, Triple H fought for a more traditional war games match, but Vincent Mann overruled him. So this is the news coming out this week as triple h noted on wednesday's nxt takeover war games conference call the war games cage on saturday night will not have a lid on it he explained that they wanted to tweak the match to adjust the current wrestling style if you are upset because wwe is not being true to the original war games concept then the person to blame here is not triple h it was vince mcmahon's call to remove the roof off the double cage well, sources say Vince didn't want a roof. He was adamant about it. Like this was a big topic of conversation in a writers' meeting. It was a roof on this stupid cage. Every war games has had a roof, and obviously, wanted the roof on the cage. And Vince said, "I don't want a roof, damn it!" And Hunter said, "I want one." And they went back and forth. For those who are wondering who's in charge, still to this day, everywhere it's Vincent Man. There's no roof on this cage, so if you're up in arms about it, that's the story behind. The roof on the cage. Well, Triple H has been trying for a long time to bring back war, the War Games match. Why? Let's have a look at the history. Well, war Games was created when Dusty Rose was inspired by a viewing of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. It was originally used as a specialty match for the Four Horsemen. The first War Games match took place at the Omni in Atlanta during the NWA's Great American Bash 87 tour, where it was known as War Games The Match Beyond. It would be held at three house shows later that year. Once at the Miami Orange Bowl, once in Chicago, and once at the UIC Pavilion. And the other, WA's debut at the Nassau Coliseum on Long Island. The next year, it would be held during the Great American Bash Tour in 1988 at 11 house shows. One was released on the WWE Horseman DVD. Well, the final War Games matches under the NWA banner were at the Great America Bash in 1989 and a house show rematch at the Omni in Atlanta. WWE used it originally in 1991 at WrestleWar and at five house shows during the 1991 Great America Bash Tour and at 1992 at WrestleWar before it became a traditional full brawl event from 1993 to 1998. The last War Games was on WCW Monday Nitro, September the 4th, 2000. And it's very interesting when you look at the teams. It was Team Russo, which was Kevin Nash, Jeff Jack, Scott Steiner, Vince Russo and the Harris Brothers. And they defeated... Sting, Goldberg, Booker T and Chronic when Nash exited the triple cage structure 
with the W World Heavyweight Championship belt to retain the title. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the last time it's been. It's 17 years ago now. But the rules for this Saturday, well, the rules for tonight's War Games match are as follows. A steel cage will surround two rings. One member of each team will start the match. Remaining members will be in separate shark cages by the entranceway until it is time to enter the match. Right, so let's go for it. So we're going to have basically two steel cage matches, like I say, and two rings. And then one member of each team will start, so it'll be a triple threat match, I guess, to start. And then the difference is they'll be in shark cages by the entranceway. So I guess, I don't know if they're going to bring out the shark cages or maybe have them there for kind of effect. And then after five minutes, remaining members from one team will be allowed to enter the match. After three-minute periods, the remaining members of another team will enter the match. And after another three-minute period, the final team's member will enter the match. Once all teams have entered the match, victory can be attained by pinfall or submission. So I guess they will explain it on the paper, just in case anybody's never seen a War Games match before. This is slightly different to the old ones. But like I say, it should uh, be explained to you. And I think that the kind of thing they want to do here, if it is all the remaining team members, will be have like a two-on-one, you know, two-on-one situation and uh, try and do it like that. But that is the War Games match. Right, let's have a look at the card then. Let's run down the whole card for NXT TakeOver. Dan, do you want to start us off? Uh, well, the main event, which is the War Games match, and that's Authors of Strong Pain versus The Undisputed Era versus Sanity. Uh, do you know who I think is going to be really important in that main event match? Now, I, tell you, I think it's going to be Roderick Strong. I think he could play a pivotal role in, in the whole thing with The Authors of Pain. How strong is that alliance that they've got? And, of course, we know Undisputed Era wanted them to be part of, wanted him to be a part of their team. Is that still a thing as well, you know? What are your things to look at during the match? Um, well, again, you know, Sanity, they're a bit of a wild card. Will Nikki Cross be out with them? Possibly holding the NXT women's title. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of undecided factors. But, you know, again, I, I quite agree with your point, saying strong. A factor was he just playing possum? Hello, possums! <laughs> by not joining the undisputed era and throwing the armband back at them, or does he actually hate them that much to want to join one of their rival teams and be part of the Authors of Pain? Yeah, I mean, and this is the thing we got asked because we know Sanity are going to be there for each other. We saw Eric Young sacrificing himself in a match against Adam Cole to help out his fellow Sanity members, so we know that's the thing. You know, we know a common razor pain you know they're basically brothers and they're going to do everything together and the undisputed era as well with, with them being a team you know to see uh fish bobby fish and kyle o'reilly uh, as well together i mean that's what's going to be interesting i'm not sure what to expect but i think the main event uh will definitely deliver right let's let's do a uh, last sullivan versus cassius ono next because i expect that to be or to start off the show, uh, I think I, I might be right about that. I might, I might be wrong. I mean, what do you think is going to start the show first and foremost? Um, well, they could do it that way. They could start with the NXT women's match. Yeah, and then, you know, yeah. get some draws in and get people interested. Then probably have Sullivan Ono and then Black versus Dream. But then, you know, you're going to want a kind of a filler match. So would Lars Sullivan and Ono go in between 
McIntyre and the Wargames match. I think match. potentially there's, there's a position they could go in, but I think the match itself, last Sullivan as this monster, and Cassius Ono's kind of like this veteran guy at the moment. So I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think it is young line versus old line. I think the question to ask tonight is, has Lars Sullivan got enough to beat Cassius Ono? Do you think he can get the job done? You know what I mean? Like, have we seen enough of Lars Sullivan to think he can put down someone like Cassius Ono? Um, I think Lars Sullivan has it in strength and unpredictability. But will the experience of Ono come true? You know, will he? Will Cassius? His will he? You know, be the more intelligent wrestler. Let Sullivan fight himself out and you know get the victory over that because Ono's not really been on a, that much of a great run of of late. So no. you know a win would probably benefit him more, but then it would stop Sullivan's momentum. This is the thing, is it? But did we need another monster going around and beating everybody? I mean, Ono's come off a, a winning feud with uh, Itami, but is he really going to get another crack at the whip in NXT? You know, and these are the questions that are going to be asked later. I mean, if Sullivan could go through Ono, and then you know it kind of look towards the future. Uh, right, anyway, so next match we'll look at, Dan. Well, do you, want, you can pick the one. Um, Alistair Black versus Velveteen Dream. <laughs> there is only one way in this mi- in your mind that this is going to go, isn't it? You know? Oh, most definitely, yeah. If, if I've got a certainty, <laughs> it'll be Black. Always bet on Black. Uh, you've always said that. And, but why has Alistair Black uh, kind of got your attention since debuting? Um, I, I, I like his no-nonsense approach about things. You know, he's he's not much of a talker. He does all his saying in the ring. You know, I, I don't know if that's going to hamper him when and if he moves up to the main roster. But I think, you know, he's he's still got a good bit of time in NXT. He doesn't need to work on his ringmanship. I think he's great in the ring. You know, he's he certainly delivers. Um, But, you know, he, he could do with someone... To talk him up, you know, like a Paul Heyman. Yeah. Most definitely, you know, with the only thing you would say Black's lacking a little bit is that kind of promo thing. But the kind of character work is being brought out of him in Velveteen Dream. As we've seen, this feud has kind of exceeded expectations where we know where Black is. He's a guy who comes down to the ring, wants to get on with it himself, doesn't want any distractions. And this is the complete opposite of Velveteen Dream. He wants kind of weirdly as to Black's acceptance to get the job done. I think Velveteen Dream would be happy by, for me, he would be happy and I would be happy to put in a hell of a performance, take Black to a, to the limit, still lose, you know, and still show as the kind of, uh, oh, you know, he knows who I am now. Alistair Black recognises Velveteen Dream. Black can move on, but the Dream kind of gets that respect. And then the next few Velveteen Dream moves on to maybe a little bit more serious, you know. So would you say... The, the winner of this match could potentially be the number one contender. Well, one of the things that we're going to talk about is any bold predictions. And I think for me, if I'm going to bold predict now, I would say Alistair Black beats Velveteen Dream here tonight. At the next takeover, the challenge for Alistair Black, Lars Sullivan, big monster, both undefeated men. Black wins that one, heads to WrestleMania takeover, where he faces the NXT champion who I don't think at that point is the entire. But, I mean, this is the kind, if they do it that way, you know, because I do think Adam Cole, we talk about Undisputed Era, they definitely position them as top stars. I think it's only a matter of time to Adam Cole and Fish and O'Reilly grab the tag team titles as well. And I think they're going to go forward with that. I don't think McIntyre's going to be around 
later on next year in NXT. And I think Alistair Black's going to be the guy who kind of has to take the mantle from him as the kind of big bad baby face, you know? Yeah, and that's been playing on my mind. They're bringing back war games, you know, they're reviving an old WCW concept. What about reviving another old WCW concept but bringing back the TV title? Do you, did you like the TV title? Well, it would be it would make a great secondary title for NXT because I I do think they could benefit from having that. Yeah, but I think the, the, if they do it right with the UK title, can't they use that as the kind of equivalent of a secondary NXT title? I mean, if Gagano is managing to challenge for it now, is it a possibility that maybe they could do it, or would you want to see it? What like a, an NXT version of the US title? Yeah, exactly. It may, maybe if they do it like that, you know, uh, well, what's going to stop them bringing back like the European belt or? Like, you know, the the Asian belt or the, the Australian thing, yeah. belt. You know, they could do it. Well, because WWE got these kind of tournaments elsewhere planned. And if they they could literally bring back, they have an Asian champion. But then maybe that negates, excuse me, maybe that negates having, you know, a champion at all. And it's a world champion because NXT is not a world title, is it? Whereas UK, obviously UK title. I think it's an interesting thing with secondary NXT titles because you don't want to ruin it. But looking at this card, would this card be improved by having a secondary title on the line? If um, Black versus Dream or Sullivan versus Ono was for a TV title, would that make you more interested in it? Um, well, that would kind of take away the personal feel from it, I believe. Yeah, so it's a balancing game they've got at the moment in NXT, haven't they? They've kind of got the personal feuds and the stuff they do there. And obviously the championships on the line. Speaking of championships, then, uh, we go NXT Women's title, because we talked about this earlier. I mean, with predictions, how much did you struggle to try and pick a winner? Um, well, the winner of this match <laughs> is actually decided by the toss of a coin, and I'm not even lying on that one either. <laughs> I saw you tossing earlier, Dan. A coin, James, A coin, a, sorry, coin. a coin, yeah, I saw you doing that. Oh, my God. I mean, it's so difficult to say. Let's go, then, through each of the four, and we'll do, like, pros and cons. So first off, Nikki Cross. What are the pros of her winning here tonight? Um, well, you know, with Sanity being tag team champions, you know, it's going to set them up for bigger, bolder things in the future. Um, I think she's a great character. She went toe-to-toe with Oscar in that last women's standing match. She's put on a hell of a great performances in all the matches we've seen her in. Um, she's certainly got a... A crazy personality and you know i can speak for us both when i say we enjoy that yes yeah thing yeah, about yeah. her you know even when she's not wrestling and she's by sanity's side you still can't help but focus on her you know the way she's trawling up and down the outside of the ring and she's just you know constantly always looking intimidating yeah i i completely agree with you but to to, to con it as you'd say they're the pros having so much because to talk about the pros quickly, to have so much fun with a title as well. You can imagine Nikki Cross, come, you know, all challenges, any types of match type, just getting on with it and getting down and dirty. But the cons, I mean, do we really want another dominant NXT Women's Champion? Would Nikki Cross, you know, be too dominant in that way? We saw what she was like at the Battle Royal, you know. Well, you know, again, I don't think she is too dominant. I think, you know, she can be beaten and she has been beaten. So, you know, it, it could go between a few wrestlers and you know have a have a good war for it that's what you i mean the thing that nxt have done brilliantly more than anybody or any other you know raw smackdown or promotion 
is the kind of length of title runs. If we look at NXT champions, I don't think uh, there's been any reigns under 100 days apart from, like, Samoa Joe's second title reign. Everybody else has had a long time. With the women's title, of course, we know we've had Oscar holding it for the amount of time that she has. And even before her, you know, the, 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 the women holding it on for a decent amount of time. Same with the tag team titles. I wouldn't mind, not I'm saying I want to change every week, but a little bit different, do you know what I mean? Like the women's title, like you say, let these women have an opportunity to hold a championship. Let Ember Moon have a chance. Let Nikki Cross have a chance. Let um, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, let them have a chance, you know? Uh, I, 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 I think that could work with it. Uh, with Nikki Cross, going back to her, you know, we talk about, it would be exciting. with Sanity then, if they had all the titles, would it be a good babyface unit or is there a chance maybe they could turn back to the dark side, you know? I mean... Or, or even are Sanity ready to go up to the main roster? You know, would you say Sanity would be welcome on Raw or SmackDown? Oh, most definitely, yeah. But again, you know, we've we've got the new day that they could have great matches with. If they go to SmackDown or they've got the Shield, oh. I'm not sure how that would go. Or, you know, you've got the Bludgeon Brothers coming back. Maybe they could have a one-time alliance with Bray at some point down the line. You know, you've got the club. They yes, could have, yeah. you know, they could have a bit of allegiance. Yeah, but I, I think they 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 do well in NXT for a little while longer. I, I think they've not reached their full potential yet. I think the kind of face turn that they had was a bit for me out of out of nowhere. So I know the only thing out of nowhere is, of course, an arcade, and I do apologise. But this kind of uh, turn for me, I thought, oh, it's kind of a bit of a surprise. I do like them. They are very entertaining in a kind of weird way. But I don't know why I like them. And I think maybe casual fans watching it would be like, what, why do we like these guys for? You know well, I mean? Eric like... Young has certainly got the product. <laughs> Alexander Wolfe has certainly got the product. And Killian Dane, he is a legitimate... Yeah, yeah. It's, um, Killian Dane's so impressive. Alexander Wolfe, like we say, really putting it out. Question marks, maybe Eric Young, his age and stuff. But... Uh, again, I think he deserves a shot on the main roster. And, of course, Nikki Cross could just dive straight in there with basically anybody she wanted, you know? Yeah, most definitely. Anyway, so that's only one of the women. So with Peyton Royce, pros and cons. All right, okay, I'll do it. Pros of her winning. No one sees it. Everybody's thinking the other three in this match are bigger stars and should deserve the title more. But I think if Peyton Royce was to win the iconic J.O.I. together... I think that would be interesting to have a hill on top. And it's kind of not a, a ever, you know, always conquering hill. It's kind of like run away with the title if they want. Have it with Billy Kate. Have the kind of tension between those two kind of heat up a little bit to see, you know, who actually wants to be the women's cha- ta- champion even. Well, I was just about to make that point, you know. Would Billy Kay get a bit jealous of Peyton Royce? You know, would one be more iconic than the other? I think most definitely. I think that would be a problem. It would be nice to see it. If I was going to pick between Peyton Royce and Billy Kay in this match, I would probably say I want Billy Kay in here. I think she's a little bit more uh, in-ring savvy, I think, maybe. I think there's not that much of a distinction between the two, but I think it is quite nice having uh, a a choice between the two. I think Billy Kay is a little bit better. But Peyton Royce winning the title, it would be a surprise. So, like... I think they do deserve it. I think to start off, and you've got to remember how much, well, especially with us on the podcast, how much we disliked them when we first saw them, thinking yeah. they were a certain set wrestler, you know. 
and they've done they've, they've worked bloody hard, especially in the kind of NXT women's division, to make a name for themselves. I think it's credit. Can you see any cons of Royce uh, Finning? What would be negative about it? Um, you know, I'm I've not been as impressed as I, as I have been with the other three women on the card. You know, I think they've had a lot greater matches. Can you tell me one great Peyton Royce match where uh, she hasn't stolen the victory? I probably couldn't say that. No, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to tell you that. But I think the main thing is, is that. Uh, with any of these women, like, I mean, Akari's saying it's a little bit different because, of course, she's got uh, the May Young Classic, but can we name a great... Oh, yeah, we can name a great Nikki Cross match, can't we? Okay, right, point conceded, Dan. I'll, gi- I'll give you that, then. She hasn't had any great matches. Um, anything else about paint Royce, why it would be a bad idea? Have you got any ideas why it would be a good idea? Her um, you know, as you mentioned before, I think it would be a good idea to see a bit of tension between her and Billy Kay how they would cope with it or, you know, how they'd be in each other's sides. Yeah. You know, how they'd assist each other in winning it or, well, how Kay would assist Royce in retaining the title. Yeah, exactly. I think that would be really easy, uh, especially if we, you know, as we move forward. I think as well, you know, if we look at the match, other ones we can do is maybe uh, Kari Sane. Kari Sane now has got to be one of the favourites going forward into this... um, Match up because we look at her May Young Classic matches, we look how uh, strong she was. I think uh, for me, for Sane, I mean, sorry, it, it meant to be your turn. So, pros of Sane winning, then, even though I'll just give you a back. Uh, well, pros of Sane, May Young Classic, need I say any more? She had four or five great matches throughout that whole tournament. Whoever she went against, it was a first class match. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, her gimmick is certainly over with the crowd, the way she portrays herself, and, you know, just her general look, I think. Yes, yeah. I'd, uh, I'd say it would be, for me, she's probably the favourite going into this match, you know, uh, because of the way she's kind of been protected and how strong she's looked. But the question remains in my head, do we really want another Japanese woman being the dominant champion after we had Oscar? Or do we want to have Sane on a different pathway? Uh, I'm not saying it's not good to have that kind of choice. But do you know what I mean? With Oscar, she was so dominant. Would it excuse me? Would it take away from Sane winning the title and people comparing her to Oscar? I'm not saying she's like uh, Ryback and Goldberg. But, but some people might say, well, you know, what's the difference between the two? Even though she does come out just as a prin- uh, pirate princess, which is completely different, you know. So Yeah, um... Well, again, you know, another Asian champion, as you said. Are they just going to... Is everyone just going to think, oh, they're replacing one with another? And then, you know, it's yeah. it's going to go down that route. Um, but you can't really take it away from her. She certainly, you know, would be deserving of a champion. As you say, another path. What other path is there? Well, ex- this... <sighs> exactly. If she it does end up losing and then they've built up someone and they've taken it away from her basically you know so it is interesting to to see what they do with saying i should apologize if anybody heard anything in the the, the background just then we had saint going on in the background but obviously we are <laughs> professionals so the show does go on uh right uh last person in this women's match ember moon dan oh it's your turn to do the positives my friend 
Well, she needs to win it. As I said on our next update, there's, there is no excuse anymore. The one woman who stopped her from winning it for the past year has been Oscar. Oscar is not in NXT. There is no more excuses. If Ember Moon can't get the job done here tonight, it makes her look terrible. And I don't think NXT will do that to her. I think Moon uh, potentially gets a victory and then it's like her journey is complete. She doesn't need to hold on to it for a long time, but she does need to win it. I, I feel I think that would be definitely a pro for her character. Um, and I like Ember Moon. And someone to hit a stunner off the top rope deserves to have an opportunity, you know? Well, that, again, that would have been my pro, <laughs> the Eclipse. Yeah. Need I say any more? No, exactly. Uh, any cons? Why would it be a bad thing for her to win? Um, well, to have a face proceeding a face champion, you know, there's saying that there's only one legitimate heel in that match, and that is Peyton Royce. But, you know, again, is it too facey? You've got a face tag team champion you got a face nxt men's champion does it all have to be two faces i know this is the thing isn't it it makes you think that there might be a title change here tonight even though i was on the line uh a couple of things then do you think we'll talk about it do you think there will be a title change a possibility of a title change here tonight without giving any predictions well, the NXT Women's title is going to have a change of holder because... Oh, yes. Yeah, we are. Uh, we are going to see a new champion then, Dan. You are right. I'm just worried more about Drew McIntyre than I am anything else. And uh, let's let's talk about it then. There is one match left, and it is my champion, Drew McIntyre, versus... The f- boy, CN. It's, it's Dan versus James again. Well, not necessarily, because... Only because I share the same birthday as him. You know, I'll, I'm not going to reveal any predictions, uh, uh, but, you know, there could be an upset. CN has had the upper hand. Right, let, let's play devil's advocate, because everybody knows how much of a fan Drew McIntyre is. I'm going to say why CN is going to win here tonight, then, and you, you can say why Drew McIntyre. If we look at this, we look at the few between the two. In the past few weeks, you're right, CN has been dominant over Drew McIntyre. We haven't seen McIntyre beating up like this like CN has done. And it's not CN as much as it is Vega getting in Drew McIntyre's head and getting him off his game with the distractions, with everything else in play like that. Uh, CN has been, recently with Vega, one of the most vicious superstars. His his moveset in the ring is one of the most enjoyable things to see. The kind of chops, the kicks he brings. CN is fantastic. And if anybody can stop Drew McIntyre's momentum, it's definitely CN at this moment in time. He's been there, seen it in NXT. He's been there a while. He knows what to do. And that's why I think CN here has got to be the favourite going in. Um, <laughs> well, McIntyre, you know, as you say, he's been on the receiving end of a lot of punishment. Majority of it from behind. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he said, be a man, come face to face with me. He didn't really as such. You know, he, well, he did start going face to face. He started getting beaten down. And then Vega came in, helped him out, and, you know, kind of done a distraction. And then CN was able to beat him down, kept him down for well over a 30 count, as he, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, could have yeah. easily walked off with his title. Um, so, you know, on that note, I think McIntyre needs to get some retribution. And, you know, he needs to 
show his dominance against CN and potentially move on to either Sullivan or Black. But then, say McIntyre does go through CN, who's next for McIntyre? Because, you know, Sullivan and Black will probably go at the Royal Rumble yeah, yeah, takeover. Yeah. It, I, I think it would be Adam Cole. I think McIntyre's got... To, for McIntyre, the only thing that annoys me about this whole CM match is it would have been fine if it was before the Adam Cole attack. With Adam Cole attacking uh, and, and Fish and O'Reilly attacking McIntyre, I felt this was a personal problem that would lead to McIntyre being in the War Games match. Maybe with Authors of Pain would make a little bit more sense or sanity versus the Undisputed Era because of this kind of personal thing. McIntyre seems to have forgotten about it. And now CN has made this feud with him personal, and he's kind of adding to it. I think because the amount of challenges maybe it's difficult, but I think definitely Lex and Lions Adam Cole. I think if CN was to pull off a shock and win tonight, I think then it would be obviously a rematch between the two. Would McIntyre be successful? That is a question we got to ask, you know. Uh, I mean, we look at the card. What match are you most looking forward to? Um, I'd have to say the NXT Women's Championship match. Yeah. With, you know, the quality of matches I've seen from Moon, Sane and Cross. And, you know, the element of surprise that Peyton Royce brings to the match as well. You know, all four women, I think it could go, it could go really well. Yeah, I think it could be crazy chaotic, chaotic even, if I can speak English for a second. In this match, you know, you know, Cross is going to, probably grab hold of uh, Peyton Royce if they do go away. But it'd be great to see one-on-one Sane and Moon or, you know, and, and that happening in the ring. You expect loads of stuff to happen. I, I'm really looking forward to that, but I think the War Games match, I think we're going to see something really special here tonight. I might be wrong, but NXT usually delivers. It is War Games back after nearly 20 years. I think that one, for me, I'm going to be, I don't know, excited, but most interestingly, to watch, you know, I, I think that could really have something special. I think the whole card, though, if we look at it, even the Sullivan Ono match, where we've asked questions about, is it, still going to be a good watch. Not going to give us twenty minutes of uh, kind of filler in that match. It will be the story will be quite easy to tell, you know. Uh, and I, I think that is basically all about these cards. Have you got any bold predictions about what's going to happen tonight or the future of NXT? There. Um. I've got a feeling we might see a squash match, whether it's in the last Sullivan versus Ono or the Black versus Dream. Yes, uh, I, I think you could be right. And the reason for that, of course, is the, the War Games match itself is going to probably be about 45 minutes, maybe even an hour of entrances and everything that happens. Uh, it, they're going to have a lot of build-up towards it as well, you know. So I, I think that's an excellent point. I don't think we are going to have that long of matches. I, th- I think the CM McIntyre match, though, has the potential to steal the show. Uh, but, like, in any XT pay-per-view, they all have the, you know, the, the potential to steal the show. So we move on from that, and really interesting, I was going through some facts the other day, and I've actually got the win-loss records of every superstar that's ever been on an NXT event. Now, there's so many names. What I've done, of course, for the uh, NXT TakeOver show... I've taken the wrestlers who are on the show and put their facts there. But we're just going to read for everyone. So we'll just do, I think one each would be all right. So first off, Oscar. Believe it or not, she is 10-0 and 0 
at NXT TakeOver events. So that's 100% six title defences. It doesn't get any more dominant than that, does it, you know? Well, you know, I'd be more shocked if there was anything in the loss column because that would have completely fudged up all of our statistics of uh, being undefeated. But uh, talking of undefeated, Drew McIntyre, he's 1-0, and and that was his first and only title shot, and he won the title that go. Exactly, his very first takeover match, and he wins. And the man he lost to, uh, the man he beat, sorry, Bobby Roode, that's why he's got 5-1. and one. He's won 5, lost 1, and that is to McIntyre. Uh, the Authors of Pain, they're 4-0, 100% record. Of course, they lost their titles on an NXT show. Yeah, they did. And Hideo Itami is 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Of course, Itami coming up short in the NXT match against Bobby Roode earlier this year. Paige is 1-0. and oh. She's got untitled defence. Adam Rose is 1-0 and oh as well. I mean, when he's on the independence, maybe you can talk about that record, 100%. Ember Moon, she is 1-2. and two. It, That's quite surprising, but she has gone against Oscar twice. Exactly, so, yes. <laughs> we look at that. Eric Young, three and one, uh, the leader of Sanity. He's actually got better rec- better record at takeover than I thought he was going to have. Uh and Thunder Liger, one and 100 percent record. Yeah, he beat Tyler Breeze in his one and only takeover match. Roderick Strong calls in the main event tonight. He's two and one, so not a bad record for him. No, Finn Balor. He's an impressive eight and one. That's an eighty-eight point nine percent. Win record, then that's including two title defences. Yeah, another person with two title defences is Charlotte. She's four on one. That's an 80% win average. Baron Corbin, he's a rather disappointing six and three. So that's 66% win record. Yeah, and Austin Aries got the same win record. He's two and one. He, he, of course, beat Baron Corbin at one of the takeovers. Uh, and again, with a 66%, you got Blake and Murphy. They've got a two and one. Record, and that's including two title defences. Yeah, Lucha Dragons with one title defence, but they're two and one uh, as well. Kalisto and Sin Cara, that is. And again, another one that's slightly underwhelming, Samoa Joe. He's five and three with 62.5% win record. Yeah, Balor kept beating him, didn't he, at takeover events before he finally got that annoyed me. Neville, three and two, 60%. He's two title defences. Again, another one on the quite disappointing side. That's Shinsuke fucking Nakamura, and he is three and three. And that's obviously fifty percent. And the revival, four and three, two title defenses, just under sixty percent win average. But again, losing three, winning four. I mean, the revival. Uh, people are asking, who are the revival? You'll find out in December. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yes, uh, Bailey is four and four with fifty, including two title defenses. Yeah, and then fifty percent again. We've got, of course, Kevin Owens. He's won. One and one. So one win, one loss, one no contest. James's favourite wrestler, Mojo Rawley, is one and one with a 50% record. We've got... <laughs> I can't believe you said American Alpha, they're one and one with a 50% record as well. Apollo Crews is one and one, also with a 50% record. We've got Bull Dempsey. I don't know if you remember him from NXT. That's one and one, 50% record. Uh, quite underwhelming. Sasha Banks is two and three with forty percent. And CN challenging for the NXT title tonight. He is two and three as well. DIY Gagano and Chompa is one and four. That is very terrible. <laughs> yeah, Gagano is a single competitor. Well, Gagano with the DIY record one and five. <laughs> I mean, that is shocking. 
What about the man um, beast? Oh, the man beast Rhino. He's with a 33% win record. Yeah, the Vaughan Villains are the same record of one and two. Sami Zayn, a very disappointing one, four and one. Oh, yeah. And that is 16%. It's shocking, the same as Tyler Breeze, who's on that one, four and one. Uh, now we get on to the 0% club. We've got Xavier Woods, is zero, zero and one. We've got Bo Dallas, who's zero and one. Camacho, who's zero and one. Cesaro, zero and one. Mickey, zero and one. Natalia, zero and one. Uh, Nikki Cross is one and two. Yeah, let's hope she can improve that maybe tonight or maybe not. Uh, <laughs> no way, Jose. Norton one. Uh, Peyton Royce is Norton one. Yeah, TM61, Norton one. Too cool. Yes, you did hear me right. <laughs> Too cool are Norton one. We've got Becky Lynch. The last kicker is Norton two at takeovers. Billy Kay is even worse than her iconic Joe partner, and she is at Norton 2. Dana Brooke shares that distinct record, Norton 2, as well. <laughs> Endzone, Big Cass, Norton 2. Yeah, your two favourites. Nia Jax, Norton 2. Tyson Kidd, Norton 2. CJ Parker, or Zizi Knows of the Independents. Juice Robinson, he's Norton 3. Uh, Emma is Norton 3. Ty Dillinger, Norton 6. Yes, that's right. Six matches, six losses. He has never won at a takeover event. That is a perfect 10. Uh, Alistair Black, he's 2-0 and with a 100% record. Uh, Cassius Ono is 0-1 at takeover. See if we can improve that here tonight. Ruby Riot, quite an underwhelming 0-2. You've got Alexander Wolfe, who's 2-0 and at takeovers. Killian Dane is 1-0. and Pete Dunne is 1-0. and and Tyler Bate is 0 and 1. And let's not forget Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, and Bobby Fish, alongside Lars Sullivan, Velveteen, and Kyrie Sane, are all making their debuts here tonight. So let's see if the win or loss record can improve as we move on. And we've still got time on this, so let's move on to some NXT news. Well, while WWE was in town for Raw on November the 13th, an announcement was made about three upcoming NXT shows in Atlanta. The company has confirmed initial reports that these aren't just house shows, but up-and-coming episodes of the Black and Yellow Brands weekly WWE Network series. Yeah, they tweeted, Don't miss the historic at NXT tapings at Centre Stage in Atlanta next January and February. This is notable for several reasons. Aside from the post-takeover editions, which are filmed prior to those live shows, and the occasional Dusty Rhodes Classic Tag Tournament match, NXT is almost, almost always films at Full Sail Live in Winter Park, Florida. Well, it's down the road from the development program home base at the Performance Centre in Orlando, and WWE has a partnership with the university. But it's also a small venue which tends to be packed with the same fans from taping to taping. Filming at centre stage will give the show a different look and feel, but also garner a different set of reactions. It's not clear how many episodes will be produced at each set of these three dates, but there aren't any full sale tapings announced after the one on November the 29th. So these could make up all or most of the shows which build to the pre-WrestleMania 34 show in New Orleans. Well, the Royal Rumble weekend, TakeOver Philadelphia, whatever it ends up being called, will occur after the first date, but before the second two. And using the venue that WWE Saturday night called Home in the 90s continues a trend for NXT, which has always existed 
exist in its booking style, but this really became evident with the recent return of war games. Well, jokes in the headline aside, Triple H's territory wears its influence on its sleeve and really does help the brand to stand out from the main roster product. This move just makes it more explicit and could be used to point folks at some other network content. The shows filmed at Centre Stage aren't on there now, but a bunch of 1980s World Championship Wrestling episodes are. Well, overall, this seems like a pretty cool move. Unless, of course, you're from the Full Sail University. You're not happy about that. But we move on, and let's talk about Ring of Honor versus NXT. We should talk Ring of Honor if you don't know. Survival of the Fittest 2017 is an upcoming three-night, free-city event produced, of course, by Ring of Honor. It takes place on November 17th, in San Antonio, Texas, November 18th in Dallas, Texas, and November 19th in Oklahoma City. But what's interesting about that is, yes, it was on the same night as NXT, but the previous winners... Dan, do you want to just read the list of previous winners? Um, in 2004, it was Brian Danielson, or Daniel Bryan as we know him. In 2005, it was Roderick Strong. 2006 was Delirious. 2007, Chris Hero, or Cassius Ono. Yeah. 2009, Tyler Black. Or Seth Rollins, as he's known now, yep. Yep. Uh, 2010, Eddie Edwards, who's in Impact. Yep. Uh, 2011 is Michael Elgin. 2012 was Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal. And I'll tell you what, he had the thickest legs of any wrestler I'd ever seen. Legs, I say, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Enough of that. Anyway, 2014 was Undisputed Era's Adam Cole. 2015 was Michael Elgin. And 2016 was one and only Bobby Fish. So if you look at those now, I mean, over half of them have gone to the WWE and had some impact. Most of them are still in NXT. But it just shows how important Ring of Honor is to the development system in a weird way. But back to the 2017 tournament. And, of course, it's still in progress. But the main event last night, it was the Bullet Club with Cody, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson with Stephen Amell, and they defeated the Addiction, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpius Sky, and Flip Golden. Well, Cody Rhodes took the microphone and proudly announced that NXT was not sold out in San Antonio while Ring of Honor was. This brought a huge pop from the indie wrestling crowd. He brought up the fact that those individuals who kept them from saying too sweet are down the road and they're not sold out. Cody likes that, and so did the sold-out Ring of Honor show. Yeah, the crowd was raucous, and no one could deny Cody's point wasn't made. Even if they couldn't say it was too sweet, it certainly was. All in all, it was a very successful night for Ring of Honor and the Bullet Club, where the fans got a chance to meet their heroes. As Cody's wife, Brandy, so eloquently put it, it's a heck of time to be a both wrestler and a wrestling fan. Um, well, her tweet was Ring of Honor San Antonio sold out, and I'm hearing the meet and hearing the meet and greet line was one of one for the record books. So fun, heck of a time to be both a wrestler and a wrestling fan. Options are good. Yeah, and let's have a little bit of uh, Arrow extra now. The much anticipated house show showdown between Ring of Honor and NXT on Friday night or November 17th for San Antonio turned out mostly to be about loading up fun shows to sell tickets to the locals. Which is exactly what it should have been. But folks hoping Shawn Michaels would screw over Drew McIntyre and join Undisputed Era were disappointed nonetheless. He did superkick Carl O'Reilly though. Well, there was one aspect of the promotional battle that exceeded expectations. 
friend of Cody Rose, protector of Starling City, and SummerSlam 15 veteran Stephen Amell, not only made an appearance for Ring of Honor, the Aerostar went all in. Well, first here, officially with the obligatory Cracker Barrel porch pick. Yeah, that was a cool pick, wasn't it? Him sitting there with Cody and the Young Bucks. I do like his t-shirt, though. It's like they've got the Bullet Club and this is Vigilante Club. <laughs> yeah, which, I like you know, that. Obviously yeah, yeah. Amel was set up to be the host for the night. But before the night was through, the main event morphed into an eight-man tag, which pitted Amel and the Elite against the Addiction, Flip Gordon and Scorpio Sky. The Canadians started out doing the forbidden two-sweet with Rhodes. And ended up diving from the top rope onto a mass of people being slammed off the apron through a table on the floor and helping to finish things for Bullet Club with an indie taker. Well, I guess Christopher Daniels must have failed this city. <laughs> well, altogether, seems like a really fun night at the sold-out show, which NXT was not, as we said with Cody Rose. And uh, Oliver Queen's professional record wrestling record now stands at 2 and 0. Oh. yes so that was ring of honor and like cody said nxt were also in san antonio so what are the results for the past couple of days dan uh mark andros and wolfgang defeated tino sabatelli and riddick moss uh kari sane defeated billy k cassius ono defeated lars sullivan by dq undisputed era Adam, Cole, Bobby Fish, and Carl O'Reilly defeated Sanity, Eric Young, Alexander Wolfe, and Killian Dane. Velveteen Dream defeated Tyler Bate. Sonia Deville defeated Ruby Riot. Drew McIntyre and Johnny Gagano defeated CN and Pete Dunne. Uh, what an interesting main event that was, McIntyre Gagano versus CN and Pete Dunne. I suppose both men going to fight each other. That, of course, was in Austin on the 16th. And then they were in San Antonio on the 17th, weren't they? Uh, yes, they was. Um, Alistair Black defeated Velveteen Dream. Triple H makes an appearance, which was obviously a good pop for the fans. Uh, Kari Sane defeated Peyton Royce. CN defeated Johnny Gagano. Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, members of Mustache Mountain, defeated Pete Dunne and Mandrews. Uh, Authors of Pain defeated Sanity. Drew McIntyre retained the NXT Championship over Adam Cole. And Shawn Michaels was a special guest referee. Yeah. I mean, can we take anything from this? Any of the results that we saw? Can we have a look at maybe the takeover and think, oh, this is going the way they're going to go? You know, I mean, is Ono DQ win over Sullivan, protecting Sullivan maybe for tonight? You know, with uh, McIntyre being able to beat Adam Cole? Is that maybe saying that McIntyre is going to be the one for the future, Dan? Can we take anything away? Or is it literally just house shows at the moment? Um, you know, I think it is just house show stuff. It's very unlikely that, you know, I think, well, it's, if it's a house show, it's more, you know, the unexpected happens, yeah. which is quite enjoyable. And they also do like to protect some of their favourite wrestlers. Yeah. But as we mentioned, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, a bit more about Shawn Michaels being a special guest referee last night, Dan. Well, it wasn't quite as novel as what happened across town with a CW star and Ring of Honor. On Friday, November the 17th. But NXT San Antonio show and its big guest star did provide crowd-pleasing moments too. WWE Hall of Famer and current developmental coach slash producer Shawn Michaels was on hand to guest referee the main event title fight between champion Drew McIntyre and challenger Adam Cole. 
with McIntyre and Cole boot booked in key spots for Saturday's takeover war games, any hopes of an Alamo screw job were pretty far fetched. But you knew HBK would do something to pop the Texas crowd, and that something turned out to be a little sweet chin music to eliminate interference from Undisputed Era. Well, after the match, HBK addressed the crowd who chanted for one more match. He said, I appreciate the sentiment of one more match after refereeing this match, but I can assure you, I'm too old for this shit. So, Michaels is too old for this shit. Uh, I mean, it was interesting that she Michaels there at the main event. We knew he was going to get involved somehow. Thank God he didn't screw over Drew McIntyre. Right, so we've still got a little bit of time before we leave you. So, let's ask the question. What has happened to the UK division? I mean, first and foremost, started off in January, didn't it? So well with the tournament. And then since then, nothing. And it's not even going to be... It wasn't even going to be at takeover, was it? Well, we didn't think it was. Then we found out the W United Kingdom title will be defended November 18th before takeover war games goes live. And the W announced that current champion Pete Dunne will defend his gold against former NC tag team title holder Johnny Garno in a match that will be fans for the inside of the Toyota Centre. And then, of course, we'll be able to watch it on NXT next week. Uh. Dunn won the UK title at NXT TakeOver Chicago in May and made his Raw debut this week in Manchester, England, England, defeating Cruiserweight champion Enzo More in a non-title match. Yesterday, the WWE announced a tag bout featuring the United Kingdom roster's four biggest stars for an NXT house show in San Antonio on November the 17th. This during a week when the main roster was in England and gave Dunn his Raw debut on Monday in Manchester before affording several other talents from the Vision a chance on 205 Live the following night. Well, there are, well, and these are all well and good. Well, Tyler Bate losing clean to Enzo Moore wasn't exactly good, but he was positioned to get a big pop during his interaction with the Cruiserweight champ, which set up a match. So, well, anyway, the point is we're coming up on a year since the UK Championship was launched with a tournament on the UK on the WWE Network. The talents who've continued to work in this company, approved independence dates, are still popular in their home country, Dunn certainly, and Bate probably, are on the verge of breaking out with the greater WWE. Yet nobody knows when or where we're going to see them from one month to the next. Well, NXT is there on again, off again, home. But while the Bruce Waits win over Bait in Chicago opened a lot of eyes and created a buzz, it's barely been followed up on. I'm not sure I call the shows from England this week a success for anyone other than Dunn, but they, but they could be built upon with a mixed Cruiserweight UK Championship Survivor Series elimination bout uh, tomorrow night. Anyway, aside from fancy booking on wrestling, uh sign that is going to happen, though. Well, hopefully the rumoured King of the Ring show becomes a reality. We've only heard one report of it being in pre-pitch stage. However, so that seems like a later rather than sooner proposition. Well, in the meantime, we'll keep waiting for their bi-monthly NXT appearances and tours of Europe. I guess it would have to do, but it seems like a far cry from all involved who thought that this was starting in January in Blackpool. Uh, Scotland's Drew McIntyre. NXT champion and defends his crown at the Toyota Center against Mexico's roguish Andrade Almas. And his compatriot Nikki Cross is also in a big match action and she's one of four women bound to become the new NXT Women's Champion. 
The lineup will strut their stuff fresh from a history-making UK tour by the company that saw the WWE Championship change hands outside of North America for the first time in history. And in addition to some of the above, Trent Seven were given a chance to form in front of 14,000 people at the Manchester Arena. Well, Triple H, WWE's COO, went on to tell the Independent... The Independent... The fans on these shores won't have to wait long to see more of the rest of the talent from the UK Championship Tournament. As more permanent home for them under the UK, under the WWE umbrella develops. Well, Pete and all those UK guys are very talented, said the 48-year-old. Product of a television show and live events in the UK and doing what we do takes time. I would love for this to have happened quicker and sooner, but we are where we are. We're still in that process, but we're using those guys here and there. And they're still doing their other bookings as well as working with us. As we move forward, I'm hoping something more definite, definitive will come from... Will, uh, for them will be coming soon. And we'll certainly be letting everyone know. Well, as... Uh, sorry, I just repeat what you said. They're all very talented kids. And a bunch of them at the Performance Centre now training and constantly working with us as we try to improve them. So that, when the opportunity comes, we are ready to go. See, it's not that easy reading off a script, I tell you. <laughs> no, well, shorter in length than a main roster pay-per-view and little more lawless in its presentation, the NXT shows provide something of an alternative to what WWE has to offer. Well, Triple H knows that part of its charm and hype the car for the War Games show. And uh, the tag team champions, as we know, the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong about Santa Undisputed Era inside the two rings. He said, this is a match that hasn't been around for 20 years. We're bringing a whole new generation onto War Games and what it means. It gives NXT its own unique identity in the space of two rings and one cage. I'm really excited about it. But let, let's go back to the, the UK tournament. I mean, what are they doing to the UK division, Dan? I mean, it's treatment at the moment? Um, I'm not really, no, because I think they've... Cut quite a few of our favourites, you know, wrestlers that we found very entertaining. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not too happy about that, really. Uh, and they've kept it a bit low-key. You know, if they want to use it as a secondary title somewhere as opposed to the US title, then, you know, go with it. But I think they should be utilising great talent. You know, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, along with Pete Dunn, um Mandrews, he was great. You know, it may be just us being biased because they are British wrestlers, but, you know, I think they're a great talent. And, you know, the likes of Drew McIntyre, Nicky Cross, they've certainly proved it. Sheamus on the main cards, you know, they're all great British wrestlers. Okay, so cut the questions then. First off, would you want to see a kind of UK division invasion, either on NXT, 205 Live, Raw, SmackDown, and these guys get together as a group and start beating them up? Or can't we do that now because it's too Nexus-y, Shield-y, undisputed eerie, do you know what I mean? Because of, like, we've seen that. Do you think it would work, uh, uh, the British guys getting together? Um, no, you know, I, I think they're too much of a, a mix of a bunch to be able to do that, you know. But um, I think they could certainly have some great matches with wrestlers on Raw or SmackDown, you know, if they went yeah. to the main shows... They could certainly go toe-to-toe with the majority of the wrestlers on there. Well, if they don't want to put Tyler Bate in the singles competition and have him team up Trent Seven then, 
and have them as a tag team in either Raw or SmackDown and do it like that. Uh, Pete Dunne deserves more credit, even though he is, you know, not the most handsomest of chaps. He is a great in-ring worker. Uh, and, of course, people like Mandrews deserve 205 Live. But if you were booking the UK division, what would you do then? Would you put them as a separate division like the Cruiserweights? What would you, how would you book them? If, someone said to, if I said to you, Dan, tomorrow you've got control of the UK division, where would we see them next? Um, I think they'd do well on NXT as their own kind of division inside NXT or, you know, maybe even as a secondary title, like, you know, with Johnny Gagano going for it. You know, I think it's a place for them. So you would have you, you won them on NXT but featured in a prominent position, basically. Yeah, like because kind of... they've certainly got enough time to tell their stories throughout the the couple of three months it is between the NXT pay-per-views. And, you know, they could certainly fit them in in their shows there. And then, you know, just have them even on the kickoff to start off yeah. with, depending on the reception that they get, and then move it on from there. Because this is the thing. I mean, you brought up another interesting thing. I'll come back to it in a sec. But, yeah, with the UK division, you want to kind of treat it with respect. You don't want a kind of cruiserweight division on Raw type of thing where it's completely separate. You would want them to have a lot of limelight but still be in the kind of same show. Uh, but do you think, I mean, because we're getting onto it now, uh, NXT kickoff is just about to start on the WWE's version of that on the network. Would you want to see a match on the kickoff show? Do you think that would bring up to the... Or do you think it would be a waste? You know, we just mentioned a UK title match here. Do you think that would be too filler match, though? You know, especially when it's only like half hour. Or would you want to see an hour of NXT kickoff and one match put on there as well? Yeah. You know, a lot of build-up towards it. But then I don't think it needs any more build-up. You know, it's... You know, Majority of it's probably going to be building up towards the WWE event the following night. Yeah, I mean, the amount of adverts that I put in, but I, I think Fusion definitely deserves to be a part of the card in NXT or anywhere. Like, to, even if it's a Survivor Series kickoff tomorrow night, if it's two hours long, have the UK guys, you know, in, involved in a match. I think that's what we need to see. Uh, if you could pick one of the UK guys, if you want, you know, if you could pick one to debut in Raw Smackdown and have some success, who would you pick? Um, I think it'd have to be Pete Dunne. Yeah? Yeah, I think he's a great wrestler. Either that or Tyler Bate. Yeah, I think it's a toss-up between those two, isn't it? You know, because with Pete Dunne, the bruise weight, that kind of aggressive champion that he would be, whereas with Tyler Bate, that kind of young babyface underdog fighting through, uh, I think it would be good for, for that. But I think with the UK division, it's it's not even had a chance, you know. At least with the cruiserweights they've got given a show. With the British guys, they've just been told to sit and wait. And we've had to it, have we? So it kind of needs to be sorted out if there is even an announcement about it uh, in the new year. Just be, Triple H says, oh, we're sorting it. Uh, for me, that's that's not good enough. We need a kind of official announcement. So would you like to see it? being defended on independence around the UK, but with, a, you know, but being shown on the WWE Network. I think that's the kind of thing would be great, you know. I think that would be really interesting to, to see that, to be able to go to where our local events and see the UK, WWE UK title match would be cool. Whether they would film it, like I say, and put it on the network and have that as a TV show 
you know, if you want to have independence on, on the network, as they've talked about, have that an hour and you have four shows from around the UK on the network and then you can all meet up at a, a, a not a pay-per-view, but even if it's its own network special. What's stopping it for having a network special every month or every couple of months? And that's division can do. Because if we see them, as we know, they can put on hell, a hell of a lot of good matches and it would be worthwhile, you know. And as exciting as 205 Live has been as well, wouldn't it, you know? Yeah, most definitely. So that is basically that for the UK talk of the division. Anything else about the UK division? I think we covered it pretty well, didn't we? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I think yeah. we did. As, uh, like I said, kickoff had just started and we've got Charlie Caruso with Sam Rosenberg and Booker T. And we see the war games overhead. And of course, during this kickoff, we can see a lot of interviews, a lot of promos for the matches. Uh, but we're nearly done now. Uh, Dan, anything else you want to say about anything we've talked about on the show? You know, the Ring of Honor stuff or UK division, anything else? Uh, no, I think we've summed it all up quite well, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think we've done a good job. We've talked about, I think, everything uh, that we've done. Before we go, though, don't forget, tomorrow at 10pm, we will be there for the WNR Survivor Series live kickoff. Where it will be very much like today. We're going to have an episode 205, the latest episode. We've got Raw and SmackDown review. And, of course, games, where I'm going to give uh, Dan the guest a tune. It's going to be a little bit more difficult than today. I will give you fair warning to that. And, of course, an in-depth look at the card. Uh, but, no, it's all been good. We are, you know, 25 minutes away from NXT TakeOver. So, we're going to get a little break ourselves. And, of course, come back to watch the pay-per-view. Don't worry, the pay-per-view for everybody will be released. Like I say, in a, a week's time. Who's that way and then come back for NXT TakeOver. And we'll, have, we'll bring you the Pete Dunne versus Johnny Gagano match on that podcast. Uh, as well, like Sonia Deville versus Ruby Riot. But that is it for today's show. Uh, I think it's been pretty good live. I'm quite happy with that, Dan. Are you happy? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy. It's getting a lot easier for us now. We've yeah. done a few live shows, and hopefully tomorrow we'd have definitely found our groove. Yeah, tomorrow we might go a little bit longer, depending on time. Of course, we're going to have a couple of days that we have. And Dan, like you just said, they're already promoting Survivor Series tomorrow night. <laughs> during the NXT kickoff show. But that is it from us. To contact us or let us know if you're going to click on the link tomorrow night when you follow us, we're on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at, w- uh, at Vince McDan, WWE. Yes, we've also got a friend on Twitter. Yes, we have. We've got Mini Chris Benoit. He's at Mini Chris Benoit and he's just trying to make the world a better place. Yes, I'm at J underscore Rollins. Of course, across all the Google platforms. Google platforms, as I say, as my dad would say, Google platforms. Google Plus, the W Network Review. Send us an email to WNRpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Don't forget, like we said, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, the WWE Network Review Podcast. And they got all the latest clips and the podcast got some other places they do like SoundCloud on your phone also on Spreaker Radio where you listen to us live as Drew McIntyre and CN are being shown arriving at the arena don't forget you can listen to all this goodness on SoundCloud on Spreaker Radio we've got live shows and they're called Stitcher Radio iTunes where you can download subscribe rate and review there but that is it thank you for joining us anybody listening live anybody listening late don't forget, like I say, tomorrow, 10pm, WNR presents the Survive Series kickoff. I have been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. 
Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.